Conair is spreading love and celebrating women, not just on International Women's Day, but every day with Conair Girl Bomb. Girl Bomb is their new line of powerful hair removal tools made just for us. Yeah. Whether it's the silky smooth skin or the empowering confidence boost you get, Conair Girl Bomb is here to amp up those positive vibes with some self care. So, to all the beautiful women out there, keep shining, keep being you, and treat yourself to some Conair Girl Bomb magic. You deserve it. Available at Walgreens. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Bring spring color inside this season with Bear Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the Bear exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass or accent your bedroom with sunrise inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. The Large Nerdron Collider podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to the Large Nerdron Collider, the podcast that's all about the geeky things happening in the world around us and how very excited we are about them. I'm Ariel Kasten, and with me, as always, is the dulcetly toned Jonathan Strickland. Hello, Ariel. Well, hello, Ariel. It feels just like we did this just a moment ago. Because we did. Because we did. Yeah, so so here's a little <laughs> peek behind the curtain, y'all. Sometimes when you're recording... You look over and you notice that in the uh, the levels on your screen that one of the the two people talking, in this case me, starts to hit little uh, red colors, which are bad because it means that I'm mm-hmm. blowing out the mic. So we had to scrap you... seven minutes and 11 seconds of content and start all over again. And we had barely even gotten into anything we wanted to talk about. But listen, Jonathan, don't don't like be too hard on yourself. It's not your fault if you go to 11. That's true. That's true. But I am now (laughs) ready to ask you a question. Bet you can't guess what it is. All right, Ariel, because one of our topics we're going to talk about today is about a certain uh, uh, famous musician, someone who's had a very long career and uh, even received a, a, a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 2018, we're going to uh, have this question be, do you have any favorite 
Weird Al Yankovic songs? I do. Harvey the Wonder Hamster. Which is a 30-second song about a hamster. Listen, you didn't give me a length specification, sir. It's an amazing song. I sing it to my cat, Harvey. Sometimes I change it to Harvey the Wonder Kitty, but usually I call him Harvey the Wonder Hamster anyhow. Um, you know, he had Harvey the Wonder Hamster on his old old uh, TV show. That's not what I named my cat after. I named my cat after Farscape. I think you all know that, but um, I like it. But okay, if that one doesn't count, then um, let's see. Uh, if you If you go back to like when I was first introduced to Weird Al, I think it was Don't Go Making Phony Calls. Because <laughs> I like Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls by TLC. Uh, but like, it's hard because all of those songs I liked because I was young and impressionable. And then he made a parody of it. And I also like comedy. So then I liked that, you know, like Pretty Fly for a Rabbi and um, Amish Paradise. Oh, I really liked Amish Paradise. Uh, of his more modern stuff, I like Word Crimes because it's, um, I like that fast wordplay. It's almost nerdcore. It's like nerd polka core. But really, my favorite of all Weird Al are his polka mashups. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought um, that the and person in our who pre- does mashups loves polka mashups? <laughs> I mean, I do them in every aspect of my life. I do them in this podcast. My band, like our bread and butter, is mashing up songs. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I. The last time we recorded this, I said I didn't have a favorite. And then I said my favorite was like Polka Your Eyes Out because it was like Cradle of Love and Enter Sandman and Dr. Feelgood and Ice Ice Baby. But then I w- looked through all of his other Polka mashups and I love all of those too. So uh, it's kind of like, it's like picking a favorite child. Um, yeah. And I've I've rattled on now. I like I've I've cheated at this question because I've named fifty two of his songs that I like, and I could just keep going until I've named his almost entire catalog. I didn't even touch like his originals. Yeah, that's what fine. about you, Jonathan? I'm going to be touching his originals, <laughs> which is why he has a restraining order against me. Uh, yeah, uh, you are. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I I, I like his parodies, uh, but <laughs> the problem I have with parodies in general, it's not it's nothing to do with his parodies, which I think are brilliant. Uh, For one thing, he's really good at recreating the sound that made the original song special. He's really good at that. The problem I have with parodies is that often you can have a song that just falls out of favor to the point where the thing, the parody, like you forget that it's even a parody of a song because the song that it's parodying isn't really in the zeitgeist anymore. Uh, And I like the originals because they are more evergreen. Um, And I even told you this before we started recording this is that, you know, when I first heard the song Yoda, I didn't even realize it was a parody because I was a geeky kid, hadn't even heard of the kinks, Mm -hmm. didn't know there was a song called Lola, which is awesome. But uh, then I finally put two and two together when I did hear Lola. I went, oh, this is what Yoda is a parody of. Uh, thank goodness I didn't make the mistake of saying, oh, Lola must be a parody of Yoda. Um, but the uh, the more recent song that I, I think speaks to me on a deep level is called Skipper Dan. And it's a song about an actor who has dreams of being on the stage and was on like on the path to becoming something big in theater when you know, opportunities dried up and he took a job as a guide, a skipper on the Jungle Cruise ride at Disneyland. And that that's where he's stuck now. And it's 
it's a cheerful sounding song with kind of tragic story elements to it because it's about someone whose dream is dying before his eyes. And I love that juxtaposition. And, you know, there are a lot of other artists out there who have created music in that same sort of feel, like Jonathan Colton has done a lot of songs that you listen to it, and if you're not paying attention to the lyrics, you're like, this is a this is a bopper, this is poppy. And then you listen to the lyrics, I'm like, whoa, this is dark. Uh, they Might Be Giants does it too. You know, there's a few different oh, bands yeah. out there that are really good at it. Only recently did I actually go and listen to what They Might Be Giants songs were about. And yeah, that like some of their albums are pretty darn depressing. Uh, it, it is funny. I'll share this. Uh, Paul and Storm is another geek band that we both like. And yeah, you say Skipper Dan, and my brain just automatically goes to the Ballad of Eddie Prager, which is uh, a sea shanty with bad penny whistle about a urinal cake. Yeah, not the same thing. So I don't know why. I don't, maybe it's just the the oceanic uh, title tie-ins. And the two um, names. Like, yeah. you, have, you have like a yeah. well, title and a name in the case of, of Skipper Dan. But uh, yeah, so we're going to talk, we're going to talk about Weird Al. In fact, we're going to do it right now because Ariel, you found a Whoa. story that I got to tell you, when I saw the headline, I had to check the date on that story to make sure it wasn't an April Fool's joke because I was sure it wasn't true. I d- had to do the same thing. I had to, and I had to check my sources. So Roku is making, Roku along with uh, Funny or Die, Funny or Die and Tango is making a biopic on Weird Al Yankovic along with Weird Al Yankovic. Yankovic is working on this with them. He's, he's writing it. And Daniel Radcliffe is playing Weird Al. And at first I was like, what? Weird Al's an actor. Why, why would, why would they cast anybody else as him? But I guess if he needs to be young Weird Al, Weird Al is, you know. Not old, but He's older than a kid. Yeah, that's yeah. not old. But but yeah, Daniel Radcliffe, if he's going to be playing like the the Weird Al who first got his start getting his tapes played on the Dr. Demento radio show, you know, that makes more sense. Uh, but yeah, Daniel Radcliffe, it's such mm-hmm. a wild choice. Not a bad choice, mind you, because Daniel Radcliffe is, no. I think he's proven himself with a lot of really interesting role choices over the last five years that, in my mind, completely separate him from being Harry Potter. I know that everyone thinks of him that way because, yeah. of course, obviously he was central to that franchise for eight movies. But, um, you know, having him play this, it it feels so far out of field. And at the same time, I really want to see it. I kind of agree. I kind of don't. So recently I watched Miracle Workers, which is a bit raunchy and a bit, there's a lot of base humor. So if that's not your thing, I'm not recommending it for you. But Daniel Radcliffe is one of the main characters in it. Um, It's kind of Commedia dell'arte in that it's the same actors playing similar um, characters across different scenarios. They're all different characters, but they all have a similar like MO. Mm -hmm. Um, And in that he plays kind of uh, like the nice guy. And Weird Al's a really nice guy from everything I know about him. Yeah. I, I don't know him personally. And Daniel Radcliffe can sing and he can dance and he's really good at comedy and he's really good at drama. So, I, yeah, I think he's a great choice. His nose is not quite right. <laughs> what what I think is, I love that that's what you bring up, but what I think is that the the news article and deadline about this 
uh, obviously has things that are clearly being played up for laughs, like the idea of Weird Al having all these hot and heavy, like illicit love affairs and stuff. That uh, maybe he did. <laughs> Maybe with nasal spray. And if you get that reference, <laughs> it means you watched a 1980s era Weirdo Yankovic comedy special that I think me and maybe two other people have seen. But um, is it UH? Is it UHF? No, it's before UHF. He did this goofy comedy special before UHF, and it was it was kind of a um, uh, a reason to group together a bunch of music videos of his songs, uh, but. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be a biopic of Weird Al, but it was a joke. Like it was, in, it was inventing lots of stuff that supposedly happened, like him doing a Jimi Hendrix and lighting his accordion on fire on stage, that kind of thing. Very tongue in cheek. So I'm, I'm, oh. I'm eager to see this. I'm a big Weird Al fan. I, um, you know, he's, yeah. he's done some amazing stuff. Not just, not just his music, but you know, he's directed music videos of notable, yeah. and he's done tons of like collaborations. Like sometimes he shows up as a surprise collaborator in someone else's concert. It's just crazy. Like he came out for Weezer yeah. and played uh, Africa, Toto's Africa with Weezer on stage one time and bonkers mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I, I mean, he really is one of my favorite artists that I've met, never met and don't know. Um. Yeah, I've, I've <laughs> never met him either. Uh, I've seen I've been to several of his shows, but, but I've never done like a meet and greet. And I'm fine with that. I'm like the dude, like give him his space because I know I would be that annoying geeky fan if I were to ever actually chat yeah. with him. And I'm happy just, you know, just just being a fan. I'm I'm good with that. Yeah. I am um, I I know I've been really lax for the people who actually check our website on updating it recently, but I will update it with the show notes for this uh episode because yeah, you should read this deadline article, even if you don't go to our website, because it really does read like an April first article. Um, even like with even the the head of Roku and yeah. the head of funnier die being in on it. Yeah. Yeah. So. To the point where, again, like I'm not a hundred percent convinced this is a real thing. Uh, one other thing I that I am a hundred percent convinced of is that Microsoft has made a big move. And chances are, if you're a video game enthusiast, you know, this news already, it has, uh, the company has announced that it is acquiring Activision Blizzard for more than $60 billion. Yeah, yeah. My friends have been chatting about this today, and uh, they're concerned about how Blizzard properties will play with Apple products once this finally goes through, which, you know, it's going to take a while. Yeah, I mean, uh, so Phil Spencer, who's head of, he's the CEO of Microsoft Gaming, has said that they remain committed for Activision Blizzard titles to play on the platforms upon which it's known for. Like, it's it's a very loose, vague language, but the meaning seems to be, my interpretation of the meaning, is that he's saying, okay, PlayStation owners, uh, Mac owners, don't worry, we're not, we're not going to tell Activision Blizzard to stop making stuff for your platforms. That's not going to happen. That seems to be the message, uh, but it'll remain to be seen. Now... Activision Blizzard has been in the news a lot since the middle of 2021, as a lot of allegations um, made the light of day about a very toxic work culture, one that is plagued with lots of serious problems, including uh, sexual harassment claims. And the company has been trying to clean up quite a bit since then, or at least that's been the messaging. So one takeaway I have for this is that it gives me hope 
that serious positive changes are on the way because I'm always worried that a company that has kind of those deep issues, it's really hard for that company to change on its own. Like it's hard for internal change to come if the foundation is rotten. And my hope is that Microsoft can help make those changes. Hopefully everyone manages to, to keep their jobs, but they also end up in a more positive and supportive work environment. It sounds like that is Microsoft's plan. The article on Polygon that uh, we're using as reference, one of the many articles on it quotes uh, Microsoft as, as saying that they value studio culture and employee and inclusiveness and um, are going to try to improve all that. And again, in very vague terms. Yeah, but, but that's that's great news. Uh, you know, in, in the short term, I think it's going to be great news for gamers. Long term, Obviously, consolidation is always kind of scary because you worry about stuff getting kind of all boiled down so it all feels and plays and looks the same and you don't want that. But in the short term, if you're someone like who has Xbox Game Pass, you're going to see some crazy titles popping up in that. And and short term for the employees could mean an improvement in their work conditions, which to me is the most important thing. But, you know, also, I, I mean, I understand how gamers can feel really uh stressed out about this um ariel i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna call an audible okay and that audible is we're let's take our third news item for this segment and put it in the next segment because it kind of fits there anyway cool let's take a break witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 join us march 20th live from the edge at hudson yards in new york city featuring an unforgettable performance by grammy and academy award-winning singer songwriter and composer john batiste the all-new infinity qx80 is unlike any luxury suv you've ever seen Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home, too? 
The place to do it is Aaron's. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love, online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at Aaron's. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com I'm actually happy you did that, Jonathan, because I'm going in my head. I don't know whether I want to segue into this using toxic workplaces or something that is good news, uh, because it's kind of both. And that's that uh, Real Steel, the 2011 film that is basically Rock'em Sock'em Robots with Wolverine in it. Well, it's not Wolverine. It's Hugh Jackman, <laughs> no, it's the but music whatever. Man. <laughs> Uh, it's the music man. Yeah. Okay. So Hugh Jackman's in this 2011 movie about people who have build boxing robots and he's kind of a delinquent dad um, is apparently getting a Disney plus show. The only reason I said toxic workplace is because the, the boxing robot scene is not the most wholesome, the most up and up. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, it was a surprisingly good movie. Was it? Like I, I, I have yeah. yet to see it. Um, it's not that I didn't want to see it. It's just one of those things that it's like literally one of those many titles that kind of slipped past me and I never got a chance to really mm-hmm. watch it. Um, not that I, I didn't like, it definitely wasn't going to be the kind of film that I was going to go seek out in the theaters when it came out, but it would have been the kind of thing I might watch on a evening on like a streaming service. Uh, I would say that you should. Yeah. It's kind of, um, it's kind of like Rocky meets, uh, I mean, literally, Rock'em Sock'em Robots meets uh, Over the Top. Yeah. Um, the way you were describing it, I was thinking, like, over the, for the p- people who don't know what Over the Top is, do you care to kind of give a quick synopsis? Because it uh, is crazy. Yeah, it's um, Sylvester Stallone plays a delinquent dad, and there's, like, arm wrestling. <laughs> yes. He's a truck driver <laughs> and a professional arm wrestler. And he's competing in an arm wrestling tournament. And he also has a, an estranged son with whom he's trying to reconnect. And that movie yeah. is equal parts terrible and awesome. And I love it. And it's terrible. <laughs> then, I mean, I would definitely say you should watch Real Steel. I, it's, I thought it was good. Mind you, I also enjoyed Van Helsing. But... <laughs> Um, <laughs> Your standards and my but standards no, are different. That's all. They are. But what I'll say is if you liked Over the Top, it's not quite as cheesy. It, it has like a better plot. It has, I feel better acting. See, that ruins um, everything. Does it have a point where the guy says, I like to turn my hat around because it's like a switch, like like on a truck. You know, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it has, I will say it has been a while since I've watched Real Steel. I own it. Now I'm going to have to go back and watch it again. But I really, like, I really... Really, I'm excited for the show. I quite enjoyed it. I didn't know what to expect. I expected it to be a dumb movie, but I, it was it was just a lot of fun. Do you think it was because you have seen it and I haven't? Do you think mm-hmm. there's enough juice there to support a series? I mean, there's enough juice to support a whole bunch of robots. 
Well, the, o- the uh, other thing they want. Uh, but it, yes, I do. I do. But it'll be like, it'll be a little bit gritty, you know, like it's, but, it's robots punching the schnookers out of yeah, each other. Yeah, I mean, like, what's the, the I, I get that. The story is what's important, right? It's like if, if Johnny Five were gritty. If Cobra Kai, <laughs> if Cobra Kai were just a series about teenagers kicking the snot out of each other, it wouldn't be compelling. You wouldn't watch more than an episode of it. There's more going on in Cobra Kai than that. My my what I'm wondering is what will be the underlying story that will f- fuel a real steel series? Because otherwise, Listen. it's just it's just a a fantasy version of Robot Wars. I mean, I. I like Robot Wars. I'd watch a fantasy version of that. I I mean, I think it'll be family. You you can draw out family conflict in a million different ways. I mean, goodness knows, generation by generation, you can. Ultimate. Watching Kanto. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, But even with even with Cobra Kai, which I love, and uh, it's one of my goals to be on Cobra Kai. Um, Like I love it, but it's largely the same conflict every season. Mm with a few added or changed factors. You haven't watched Cobra Kai no, yet, have you? No, and it almost sent me on another rabbit hole, but we have more things we have to talk about. So I'm not <laughs> yes. going to do it, but I am going to do it to You'll, you after we stop recording. To, yes, you, you will have to. You will have to. Um, but this really leads into another another thing that Disney just uh, unveiled to us, which is a new Moon Knight trailer. Um, and that's going to be pretty dark. But they aren't putting it on Hulu. They're putting it on Disney Plus. Yeah. Uh, what was your reaction to the trailer? What did you think? Did you like it? Not like it? Did do? Was it nothing? It wasn't what I expected. I did um, that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it focused. I thought it was really cool in that it didn't. It it revealed, I think, just enough for the fans and just enough for if you don't know what the what Moon Knight is about to go huh, mm-hmm. I need to watch and figure out what's going on without revealing necessarily too much of the plot or too many of the cool things for people who are new, who coming in new to this, to the property. Mm-hmm. Um, but I expected a lot more, a lot more of the other aspects of the character to come into the trailer than did. Yeah, for, for those who don't know, because I mean, this is just part of the character. The character has, uh, like a multiple personality disorder kind of thing. And in many ways, this trailer gave me uh, flashbacks to Legion, another mm-hmm. Marvel character also. Which I quite like. Yeah, and and, and yeah. it's also a Marvel character who has numerous multiple personalities. Um, but In the comics, they change it up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no, they, the... they change, well, they change quite a bit in Legion, the television series versus Legion, the comic book character. But like who Legion's dad is, but um, but uh, uh, the 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 Moon Knight trailer I thought was very moody and effective. Mm-hmm. Oscar Isaac, I I love him. Um, I will forgive his accent. Uh, cool. I heard some people comparing it. To Dick Van Dyke. I, I heard some people comparing it to Dick yeah. Van Dyke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I love Dick Van Dyke. So, but his sure. his accent in Mary Poppins is frequently a thing of ridicule. Uh, but we wanted to <laughs> to use this kind of to have a brief discussion at least about because Moon Knight does look like it's going to be a little more intense. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of hard to see what Moon. So there is a sequence in the trailer where Moon Knight is is pounding something with his fists. Uh, it looks like a person. It might be a person. If it's a person, 
that definitely raises up this question legitimately. If it's like a monster kind of thing, then this question ends up almost being moot. But the question is, do we think Disney Plus is testing out the possibility of more gritty, violent Marvel content? And could that potentially mean that we might see a return, not of specific characters, but of series that we got on Netflix that were far more violent and dark than anything we've seen in the Marvel movies. I mean, Daredevil and um, Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, Luke Cage and, uh, and like, you know, all the appearances of the Punisher, like the Punisher, mm-hmm. very over the top violent. Uh, I don't think we're going to get anything close to that level with Moon Knight. No. But I do wonder if this means that we could see characters like the Punisher reemerge. I so I, I think I, I think so. I don't have any insight on this. Um, I, I will say, like, I follow the casting directors for Marvel stuff because I'm an actor. Of course I do. I don't have any insight on this. You know, they're all very tight-lipped. Even if I had insight, I wouldn't say. Right. Um, but but I would have to imagine so. Are we past the spoiler window for Hawkeye? I think so. Okay, so we already know that Kingpin from Daredevil was in Hawkeye. Um, I hope that was enough of a spoiler warning for anybody who hasn't watched it. I mean, all the promotional Um, material had him. And then there's been tons of coverage since then with Vincent talking about it. Um, Yeah, he he was very excited about it and was not great at at keeping his lips sealed um, to the point where Disney had to be like, no, no, no. But then, yes, yes, yes. Um, (laughs) And and in Daredevil, he is super violent. Um, In Hawkeye, he wasn't as violent, though the stuff surrounding him definitely was more violent than other aspects of the show. He was far Um, more damage resistant in Hawkeye than he was in Daredevil, however. Yeah, yeah, more more similar to like how he was in, although it wasn't an offer playing him in uh, Spider-Man and the Multiverse, um, how he is portrayed in that cartoon movie. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like this is definitely them trying to open the waters to bring back, I, I would love to see Daredevil and Luke Cage. I, I feel like to put it on Disney Plus, they would need to put in some parental, like some extra parental controls onto the system. Yeah. Because that's definitely stuff I would not want, like, my six-year-old stumbling across. I'm really surprised they aren't putting it on Hulu because, like, Hitmonkey and Modoc and things like that are all on Hulu, which is still owned by Disney. But Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe there's, like, some rights issues tied up with Netflix. I don't know. Like, maybe, maybe. there was, like, an option or whatever, and until that expires, they can't really do anything with it. I, I am not aware of anything like that, but it's a possibility. Um it's more like I'm wondering if we'll see stuff along the same vein and it may be a while before we see those characters get a series again, uh, apart from like little appearances and other stuff, but I'm hopeful. Uh, it's, it's, I really liked yeah. the first season of daredevil a lot. Uh, I liked the second season less, but I still liked it. I really like Jessica Jones, but Jessica Jones, like Jessica Jones deals with stuff that's that's goes beyond just violence. I mean, there should be yeah. trigger warnings aplenty in Jessica Jones. I I feel like Jessica Jones, as much as I think they did a good job with the first season of it on Netflix, I I think the character can certainly cross over into D plus stuff, no problem. Especially looking at her later seasons. Um, but I don't I don't think that series 
fits Disney Plus. I don't I don't think there's enough parental controls yeah. to make it fit that platform. Um, you know, I liked Luke Cage. Again, all of these things were were very much made for adults and they were all very, very gritty. Um I the the one like Iron Fist, as much as I liked how season two ended, they don't need to they don't need to bring yeah. it back. Well and, and see the interesting thing to me as well is that the Netflix series they went to a level of intensity that goes not just beyond Disney Plus, but well beyond anything you see in any of the films, mm. right? Like the, yeah. the movies all take a pretty PG, PG-13 approach, which makes sense. Mm. I mean, they're marketing these to be t- for everybody, not just adults. And so, time and again, when you watch a Marvel film, the violence tends to be pretty downplayed. There's a lot of action uh, but if there's mm-hmm. anything where someone like Hawkeye is shooting someone with an arrow and the arrow actually you actually see the arrow hit that something, it's usually a CGI alien. Like it's not a person. Yeah. Like I mean, he hit people in the in the TV show. Yes. Uh, um, but there wasn't a lot of blood. It goes back to that like that rating system of like what makes something PG versus PG thirteen. Right. Is it how much blood and guts you show? Or is it the the act of the violence? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's we could do a whole episode just about how bizarre I and think we contradictory. Have. Yeah, we have talked about in the past about how the rating systems are messed up. Um like yeah. like they don't necessarily do a good job of protecting people if that's what they're meant to do. They also mm-hmm. don't do a good job of really indicating what you know, whether a film is going to be upsetting or not, like it's, there's a whole thing. And also the whole process of just submitting to get the rating is ridiculous. Star Wars is pretty violent. Mandalorian's pretty violent. Home Alone is pretty violent. I will say this. Although. The Book of Boba Fett is not nearly violent enough. I'm, I am still behind on it. Um, yeah. It, it feels like it's trying to be three different this this segment is not supposed to be about Book of Boba Fett, but we can definitely bunny trail there. It it feels like it's trying to be three different movies, mm-hmm. and I like like I like the documentary on the uh, on Tuscan Raider culture. Yeah, like like the fact that you you get a you get an episode. Let's say it's fifty minutes long. You can be pretty sure that about forty minutes of that fifty minutes is going to be set as a flashback to Tuscan Raiders, and the other ten minutes yeah. is a little bit of continuation of whatever the storyline is playing out in the you know quote unquote modern day yeah. of the show. I, I mean, like, yeah. So the other part of it feels like like good feathers, but like good Beskars. Good uh, feathers, uh, not good fellas. No, <laughs> you, good feathers. You went with the cartoon parody of good fellas. I mean, yes. you're not wrong. Um, I'm not wrong. Okay, well, we're going to wrap this up, but I I definitely am curious to see if we're going to get any more uh, gritty type of series on Disney+. Plus Because I I really feel like there are a lot of stories that Marvel would like to tell that they just can't Mm -hmm. tell in the format they've kind of found themselves locked into right now. I mean, we know they're supposed to be bringing Blade and Blade, if you don't... Oh, I'm so excited. If you don't go R with Blade or at least flirt with it what's the point i mean i think they can but blade is also kind of tangential tangential you know i i would have said moon knight was tangential since he's kind of a more disturbed batman well yeah um, <laughs> when batman already has cut issues out the wazoo yeah so. yeah yeah but um but i am looking forward to it i i they marvel and disney plus with marvel has done really well at at 
keeping my trust for their shows, even the ones that I haven't been as fond of, I've still enjoyed. Um, and I, you know, I, I look forward to maybe this revised version of The Defenders, because honestly, as much as I love the Netflix stuff, some of it was a little too gritty for me. Um, and I think you could still tell the same sort of story and, and dial it back. So. I mean, I... I- Unpopular opinion. I, I don't feel like I never felt that it was too gritty, but I definitely felt that sometimes the violence went to like true gratuitous um, mm-hmm. uh, levels where like it wasn't so it wasn't that it was gritty. It was that the violence was so over the top gratuitous that I was taken out of the experience and I was just focusing yeah. on how gratuitous it was. And that to me, yeah, was a that downside. was upsetting to yeah. me. I mean, it's the same reason I don't watch Saw. Um, well, well, we uh, we have something that's going to disturb all of you listeners. Yes, in just it's a minute. Pretty. After we take a quick break. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80 join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer songwriter and composer John Batiste the all new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do every line curve and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right don't miss it mark your calendars and be the first to see it march 20th at 7 p.m eastern only on iHeartRadio's youtube channel save the date at new-qx80.com 2025 qx80 coming this summer okay quick math The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home, too? The place to do it is errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love, online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at errands. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details.
The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. Okay, let's let's do another peek behind the curtain real quick, Ariel. Yes. Okay. okay like, so I'm looking. What am I seeing? We were brainstorming what two properties were going to mash together, and part of the problem mm-hmm. was that some of the things that were in the news were properties that we had recently mashed up with other stuff, and we don't we don't take properties off the list once we use them, but we don't want to reuse them too frequently, right? Or too close together. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you know why I picked the two properties that I picked? I don't. Okay. So first of all, the two properties we picked were uh, West Side Story and Dune. I said I picked because yeah. I pitched it, but he he did pick. He pitched it. He came up with it. It's all his fault. Yes. Um. <laughs> so the reason why I picked that is because the Set Decorator Society of America nominated Dune <laughs> and West Side Story for awards, so they're technically in the news right now. I mean, West Side Story is also in the news because uh, the woman who played Anita won. What was it? A Golden Globe? No, oh, did she? That's fantastic. I, I'm. I, uh, I have stopped paying attention to awards for the most part. This was just one of those headlines that I happened to so, see. So I don't know if that's the correct award, but I do know it's the same award that Rita Moreno won for playing that role. Oh, fantastic! And so it that kind of made news because it was kind of a historical sort of historic sort of a happening. Um, I haven't watched. I, it turns out I've listening to the music for West Side Story, but I've never watched. So it. I've seen the original film adaptation of West Side Story. I've never seen a theatrical, like a, a stage theater production. I've never seen the production. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I haven't seen the new Steven Spielberg produced movie. However, we do need to explain what West Side Story is for people who aren't familiar. It is a, it is the It's Romeo and Juliet. It is Romeo and Juliet. I mean, it's <laughs> it's not even essentially. It is Romeo and Juliet, but it's set in New York. And you have some New Yorkers, some like native New Yorkers and some uh, immigrants from Puerto Rico. And those are your two, like those are your Capulets and Montagues, right? It's not, yeah, those are your except two they're families. called sharks and jets. Yeah, sharks, the sharks and the jets, the jets being the, the native New Yorker gang and the sharks being the Puerto Rican gang. And, uh, and you have the story of uh, uh, Maria and Tony and uh, <laughs> they, um, <laughs> and they're and they're they're forbidden love, and you know it's a it's a musical. They have big musical numbers, and but it tells the story. Some of them are good. Some of them are great. Uh, Stephen Sondheim worked on them, although he was he was not super happy with that assignment because he felt that he was really uh, it wasn't it wasn't his project. He was working on someone else's project, and he didn't have full freedom on it. And he felt that the push was to make the language in the songs too poetic. And he felt that that was not realistic considering the characters that were singing these songs. He's like, these, these shouldn't be poetic songs, but he lost the battle on that one. Um, anyway, uh, some of the songs are fantastic. Apparently some of them are just okay. And some of them, I guess, Ariel <laughs> thinks are bad. Uh, I don't know about the, the modern versions because I haven't listened to them, but I'm thinking about like the, the classic stage version and the, the original mm-hmm. film. And then obviously we've got to talk about Dune. 
Frank Herbert novel. Which is just basically Romeo and Juliet, but with a lot more gangs. <laughs> and sandworms. <laughs> um, and what? And sandworms, yeah. yes. No, so so Dune's a, Dune's a big adventure science fiction tale. Do you want to take a stab at, at giving kind of an explanation of what Dune is? Yes, so the... The universe, the galaxy is is ruled by like an emperor, and there are all of these different like ruling houses, like the Harkonnens, the Atreides, things like that, and they all trade out power. Um, and there is one like really important planet. I'm sure there are other important planets, but like the main important planet when you jump into Dune is Arrakis, which is um, really the home to a group of people called the Fremen. And as Jonathan said earlier, uh, sandworms, uh, and they produce. Uh, a thing called spice, which uh, has a whole bunch of like crazy properties, and I think enables enables space travel. Yes, they they feed it to their navigators, which allows the navigators to essentially allows them to see into the future, so that they can avoid stars and stuff. And it's what allows yes. interstellar navigation without worrying about colliding with something at like light and, speed. Yeah, and so the the like the main character is Paul Atreides. The first main character, I'd say, and his family takes control of Arrakis, this this main important planet, uh, from the previous rulers, the Harkonnens, and then it's like this big subterfuge battle. They get like ambushed, and most of them get killed. Yeah, and uh, Paul Paul Atreides and his mother get sent into the desert and get kind of rescued, taken by Fremen, and then it's just like this huge galactic. Uh, political intrigue yeah. thing that happens for the span of many, many books. There's a lot of really cool concepts and and type of like character classes, I would say, in the books that don't necessarily get covered in the main or explained or shown a whole lot in like the main, the new movie, uh, like Mentats, which are, have like these incredible mathematical powers. Um, yeah, they're supposed to be super so, logical and uh, great tacticians. Yeah, yeah. So like worth reading the books. Um, even if you watched the movie and you didn't necessarily like it because it was slow and you didn't understand much. So those are our two properties. Uh, Ariel, do you want to go first? I understand yours I is do. right to the point. Mine is real, real small, real, real short, and real, real dumb. And it's called West Side Spicy. And it's not because it's a spicy story. So, uh, But anyhow, New York was in a drought and a street gang known as the Shark Conans controlled the water supply. And the Iraq Jets, a rival street gang who dealt in spices, didn't like that. You see, the spices were in fact spicy, and with the Sharkonans bogarting all the water, their spice sales were down. Just how the Sharkonans planned it. This is like super loosely based on anything. Uh, <laughs> the two sides were constantly on each other's turf and starting street skirmishes. Then one day, a new family moved to town, right around the time of the high school spring fling, and took over the Sharkonans. The new family had a son named Paul Tony, like, <laughs> you know, like you do. Uh, and his he went to the spring fling because his parents told him it would be good for him. And that's where he met a girl named Chania. I just met I'm going, a girl named Chania. Only problem is the girl was a part of the Iraq Jets. Being teenagers, though, they didn't care and they fell in love. Chania would sneak Paul Tony spice and Paul Tony would sneak Chania water and they would sneak around e to see each other. Only one other person knew and that was Benita Jesserit. But she promised to keep it a secret because, you know, young love. 
Then one day, the families caught wind of what Paul, Tony, and Chania were doing. They tracked them down to find them all spicing and hydrating around together, and the turf war was escalated. Both sides pulled out weapons and immediately realized they had escalated things too high, but they couldn't back down, so they started puffing and stomping and snapping and dancing around, trying to intimidate the other side away instead of the bloodshed that was about to happen while still saving face. It was a huge ruckus. Walls shook, streets echoed, and spice and water flowed into the New York sewer system. And that's when they felt it. An earthquake. Or so they thought. And then the ground split open and a giant mutant snake worm who had been hiding and growing in the sewer subway system emerged from the ground, called by the spice that had just entered its domain. As it rose up out of the ground, it devoured everything above it, including all of the Sharkonans and the Arachshets, before disappearing once more into the underground tunnels. When the dust cleared, Paul, Tony, and Chania were the only ones left. They hightailed it away from the scene of the crime before the cops arrived and then hightailed it away from the city to start a new life in Nevada where they got married. Chania was partial to deserts and so they lived happily ever after. The end. Uh, you gave Romeo and Juliet a happy ending where everybody Look, except Romeo and Juliet dies. I, I, I wanted to be kind of original and also like... If you look at Romeo and Juliet and then you look at West Side Story, the ends are like slightly different. That's true. Um, yeah. I, you can tell that we don't share these with each other before we record because Sharkonan took me by such surprise. And my <laughs> first reaction was, that's brilliant. And my second reaction was, I I can't believe I missed that joke. I can't well, it believe was, it. It was real hard because, like, the Harkonnens are, like, the super creepy family. And the love story is between Paul Atreides and Chani Fremen. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't even know if that's their last name. So it was real hard to make it fit, we'll, but I couldn't, we'll, I couldn't pass it As up. we'll see when we get to mine, uh, I, I had a similar issue because who do you make the antagonist when you're trying to force this story? However, uh, before we get to that, this episode's going to run long, so we're going to take a quick break. <laughs> Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. 
You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home, too? The place to do it is errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love, online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at errands. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com Okay. I thought for sure we were going to make it, Jonathan. I thought so. Before the episode started, you told me your mashup was two paragraphs, and that felt like if that was two paragraphs, those were long paragraphs. It was, they were, they're like this big. They're like two inches long. Great for an audio podcast. They were (laughs) this big. They're like two inches long each in like 11.5 Arial on Google Docs. Okay. Yes, that's where I read all my mashups. That, it's uh, I felt that there was currently I felt there was some extemporaneous additions in there too. It's it, not many. <laughs> it was 58. Pa- it's 50. It's 58 pages of mashups. People. Wow. So <laughs> okay. you just keep adding them to the same document. Yes. Oh, I, I make a new document for every single one, and this one, my friends, is called West Spice Story. Uh, <laughs> And before I jump into it, um, there's going to be references to stuff in Dune that's going to make no sense if you don't know what Dune <laughs> is, like Bene Gesserits and things like that. Uh, but you're just going to have to roll with it because I'm not going to explain they're like, it. They're intrigue nuns. Yes, they are intrigue Magical nuns. intrigue nuns. Magical intrigue nuns. Imagine uh, Littlefinger from Game of Thrones if he were a nun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Paul Atreides has a problem. His father, the Duke, expects Paul to handle the responsibilities of being a Duke. His mother, Jessica, has secretly trained Paul in the ways of the Bene Gesserit, and both of them don't like his new girlfriend, Johnny, one of the Fremen of the desert world of Arrakis. And then there's that dang Baron Harkonnen to deal with. Paul spends his days with a few other young men originally from Caladan, That's where his father ruled before their lives were overturned and they got sent to Arrakis. And this gang, including Paul's close friend Duncan Idaho, which for the purposes of this mashup is more like Paul's age, like to go around snapping their fingers, dancing, and singing. And Paul starts it off. When you're a duke, you're bound to go far from your first dose of spice to your last gomja bar. When you're a duke, it's a job that's long term as you dodge enemies and sometimes a sandworm. You're who's in charge, no matter how it's fair in. Elite Arrakis, 
and leave Kaladin to the Baron, and we ain't caring. Here comes the Duke like a man who's on fire. He's bound to become the Bene Gesserit Messiah. Here comes the Duke and his girlfriend is fine. She'd make a great wife or at least concubine. The Duke is in charge of our entire nation. Fears the little death that brings obliteration. I need a vacation. And then the song ends because I can't, I, I seriously, I just can't go any longer than that. <laughs> anyway, after the introduction, we see that Paul really wants to sneak off to see his girlfriend, Chani, but the Fremen object to House Atreides and House Atreides objects to the Fremen and the Bene Gesserit sure as heck fire object to the Fremen, but then they also object to Paul because he was never supposed to happen. But Paul's mom, Jessica, she totally let the cat out of the bag years ago and now we're all stuck here, I guess. Anyway, just as Paul is about to sneak off to see Chani, he runs into someone who has other plans. And that someone is, of course, Thafir Hawat, the master assassin who wants to train Paul in tactics. So Thafir tells Paul he ain't going nowhere, which just prompts another song. <clears throat> Thafir Hawat, I'm really upset. I never get the free time that I do gotta get. I ain't no tactician, I'm just a young teen, and I'm tired of you being mean. Being mean, being mean, being mean, being so darn mean. I am tired of you being mean. I study every weapon that you put in my hand. I know the pointy bit's supposed to go in the other man. I know the really fast bullets will bounce right off my shield. How can I see the girlfriend that I've concealed? I've concealed, I've concealed, I've completely sealed. Yes, I have a girlfriend I've concealed. And then he realizes he's just confessed in song, which is a rookie mistake. That evening, it's another night with the pain box. That's what his father Leto calls television. Paul is able to withstand <laughs> it, but only barely. And late at night, when the house is quiet, he stealthily makes his way out of the house using all the tricks he has learned from his various mentors to sneak out into the wastes of Arrakis. There, after traveling for more than an hour, he makes his way to a secret spot, the spot where Chani meets with him so that the two might make goo-goo eyes at each other. And he sees Chani approach, and she smiles at him. And then, of course, they sing. Tonight, tonight, the sandworms all take flight, but only as metaphors in our song. Tonight, tonight, cause the worms aren't very light. No, they're big, and they're mean, and they're long. Those worms, they'll eat you in a minute if you are standing near them and don't dodge to the right. But here we are, and our fear of sandworms seems so far tonight. And anyway, that's when Baron <laughs> Harkonnen attacks. And the Baron, well, you know, he's played by one of those stage actors who always gets cast in musicals, but in a non-musical role. You know, the actor who usually plays a supporting part, or maybe they're the villain. And it's not that they can't sing or dance. It's just that they never get the chance to. And maybe that eats on them, you know? Maybe that's the kind of thing that drives a person to become a villain <laughs> when that person gets cast in every musical in high school 
school, but never gets a singing part, right, Mrs. Thompson? Maybe that's the kind of thing that drives a person to, I don't know, become a professional podcaster and record ads about Casper mattresses? Ever think about that, Mrs. Thompson? Of course not. You're too busy casting me as Captain Brackett, who doesn't even show up in any ensemble musical numbers in South Pacific. Thanks a lot. Anyway, the Baron attacks. (laughs) And it's like awful. And it turns out the Atreides doctor totes sold them out, even though he was supposed to be mentally conditioned to not be able to do that. Whoopsie. And so Paul's entire family gets wiped out. So this sets up naturally a big dance where Paul, the few surviving members of House Atreides, the Fremen, and the Harkonnens are all going to be at the same dance for different reasons. And that's when we get the Mambo of Death, which goes like this. Dun, 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 Mambo. Pew, pew, lasers. And then there's this quiet bit after some of the fighting where we get Paul and Chani and they sing, There's melange for us somewhere. Melange for us. Spice for me and spice for you. We're tripping hard from this spicy goo. Melange. And then the fighting looks like it's going to start again, but our movie has been pretty long so far, so it kind of just ends. And there are going to be another one, probably, but you're going to have to wait a couple of years. The end. (laughs) I loved it. Also, apparently, so did Walter, my other cat, because he was rubbing up against the microphone during all that. (laughs) Uh, that one was very fun for me to do. I have never been in West Side Story, so that's the closest I'm ever going to (laughs) get. Listen, I, I also have been cast in many musical roles that had less singing than I cared for. Yeah, that Um, that was, that was, that, okay. So I sometimes put in some autobiographical rants in my mashups, I admit. But to be fair, first of all, I didn't have a Mrs. Thompson as a drama teacher. I was about to say, way to put her on blast. No, I did not. I did not do that. And second of all, um, I actually was in several musicals where I had at least a small singing role. Like I was the rabbi in Fiddler on the Roof and he sings a little bit. Mostly like you were the pirate captain in Romeo and Ethel, the pirate. That's not a high school play. But yes, I I did Mazatef, Mazatef as the rabbi. I played the dad uh, uh, at McAfee in um, Bye Bye Birdie, and he has two songs. Mm. So, um, which just shows you that my high school was really hard up to get uh, male students to audition because if they have to cast me in a singing role, things have gone south pretty, pretty quickly. Uh, I think you you are a perfectly fine singer, Jonathan. I, I'm, I'm very hoarse today because this is the third show I've recorded. So uh, even when I'm in good I, voice, it's not great. And I'm not in good I, voice tonight. I really feel like at some point we should, the next time there's like musical news, we should write some parodies. Like that should be our thing. <laughs> okay. I mean, Instead of a mashup, we should just write parodies. I'm clearly not above it. So... <laughs> <laughs> But yes, that was that was my goofy attempt at uh, creating a Dune West Side Story mashup. And Ariel, I loved yours. And uh, you. and we invite you, the audience, if you have ideas for mashups, either you want to submit one of your own, like you wanted to show us what you can do mashing up a couple of properties, let us know. Or if you have mm-hmm. suggestions for different ones that we should mash up together. Because some weeks are like this, where the, the there aren't obvious candidates right like if we had mashed up moon Knight with something 
first of all, I would have had to do a ton of research on Moon Knight because yeah. I don't really yeah, know that same. much about him. So yeah. Um, but yes, feel free to reach out and you can do that in numerous ways. One way is to send us an email. We've received a couple recently, which is great. Yeah. Keep them coming. We love them. And, our ad- and all of your suggestions we have on our spreadsheet to do. That's true. We do. And we will c- gladly add to it. Uh, keep in mind, again, just as a reminder, if you're going to suggest a mashup pairing, make sure they're not too similar already because the more similar they are, the less there is to do, right? There's there's not as many yeah. f- do- doofy choices to make. Uh, but yes, you can write us. The address for the show is lnc at iheartmedia.com. Yes, you can also contact us on social media. Uh, just just say hi or to give us your thoughts. Uh, on Instagram and Facebook, we are Large Nerdron Collider. And on Twitter, we are lnc underscore podcast. I check those. Make sure to like tag us because if you just put something... And you don't. I may not see it. Um, But then I will share it with Jonathan and we will both be very happy. Yes. Yes. I I like to be reminded that there is a world outside my, well, it's not my apartment. I was going to make another musical reference because that's an Avenue Q song. (laughs) But um, I like to be reminded that there's a world outside of my own little existence because I don't do social media anymore, except occasionally Twitter. That's about it. of your own little corner in your own little room. Yeah, that's pretty much where I stay all where the time you can now. So be you know. whatever you want to be. Yeah, but this was a lot of fun. Uh, as always, I, I greatly appreciate my wonderful co-host Ariel. Thank you. I greatly appreciate you too, Jonathan. Thank you. And until next time, I have been Jonathan Atreides Strickland, and I have been Ariel. I feel pretty casted. The Large Nerdron Collider is a production of iHeartRadio and was created by Ariel Kasten. Jonathan Strickland is the executive producer. The show is produced, edited, and published by Tari Harrison. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. 
Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home, too? The place to do it is errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love, online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at errands. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details.